TNC Original African Stories. Listener discretion is advised as this podcast may contain violence or strong language. Remember where we started? Moini slapped Anita. And we were wondering why. And then we went on this very short backstory journey. Now, we're about to go back there, but let me do a recap. Why the hell did you do that? She searched for her phone. The pounding in her head was beginning to return in pumps. I love Jay, for Christ's sake. Jay, he's your boss. You shouldn't have done that. Her eyes were welling up now and she was headed for the door. She stopped before turning the lock and then looked at him with all the authority she could find. His hands had formed a cradle for his head. Hmm. The day Jay finds out you ran into me in Abuja, that will be the day you lose your job. Can you imagine this? I did not need another secret. I really did not. He stood outside the room, staring at her, before he entered and gently shut the door behind him. That was when she saw the look of pure disgust on his face. His back to the door, he continued to stare at her, his eyes searching hers. He was silent and her heart began to race in response. Then all of a sudden, he spoke. Eight years, Mo. For eight long years, you have made me stay up worrying and praying for us to get pregnant. Eight years. Oh, shit. He nodded and slowly made his way to the bed. Mo felt like she had been shot. You know how much I wanted a child. You know. And yet you kept this from me. His voice was cool as ice. I have to give it to you, though. Very smooth. Well done. You really are deceit personified. Mo continued to stare at the space he had occupied at the door, her mouth open, her mind blank, and her heart racing as she watched all hope of redemption for her marriage slowly fall to the floor and shatter in a million sharp, ugly pieces. Anita looked at the caller ID and finally decided to pick up the call. She activated the phone speaker before placing it on the kitchen slab as she busied herself with the peppers she was dicing. Are you home? She could hear fear laced with frustration in his voice. Jay, are you okay? Mo's not picking up her phone. We had a fight and I really need to talk to you. Jay, are you cheating on her? He sighed and replied defeatedly. Anita, no. No. I have never and I will not cheat on Mo. You know it. And I thought she did too. I really don't understand what's going on with her. We need to talk. Can I come to yours or are you at the hospital? I'm home. Night shift. I'm on my way. Jay, I don't know how I feel about you coming here. Mo might want to come here to talk to me, and if she meets you here, I'll be in trouble. She's not completely over our history yet, and I doubt she ever will be. And I don't want to give her something else to be upset or suspicious about. Anita, look, I'll see you in a few minutes. Anita looked up from her phone when she heard Jay walk towards her and placed the tray with a glass and a bottle of malt on the table adjacent to her. I'm sure they'll be back soon. Mass finished her hours ago. Jay smiled as he took his place beside her, struggling to ignore her distracting cleavage. She barely nodded. He had known her almost as long as he had known his sister. And so when she struggled to respond with a weak smile, he could tell that there were issues weighing heavily on her mind. Are you all right? She busied herself with returning her phone into her bag. She started to answer, but when she turned to look at him and she saw that he was genuinely concerned, she sighed and tucked her right leg underneath her left thigh, making herself comfortable enough to let him into her mind. To be honest, I'm not even sure. 
There's the issue with these children that want to throw away their marriage. You've been here with them, Seth. How are things going? He removed his pair of glasses and placed them carefully on his laps. I'm even surprised most still talks to me. I honestly didn't realize that I told Jay about the IUD issue until I had said it. Me and my big mouth. I'm really worried about them as well. They don't talk to each other and that's the beginning of the end. <sighs> you still do this thing, Abby. Going off topic to prevent talking about your issues. It's Jay you're talking to. Oh yeah, what's on your mind? She nudged his side with her elbow and when she opened her mouth to speak, it felt like she had swallowed a bee that blocked her throat and was causing her eyes to well up with tears. She rolled her eyes to the back of her head to stop the tears from flowing, but the harder she tried, the easier it flowed. Jay wrapped his hand around the back of hers and squeezed it gently as he watched her try and fail to put her emotions into words. I really don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> How do you cope in seminary? Don't you feel lonely? She looked up at his gracefully curved face. Uh, I, I, I try not to think about it. It was hard at the beginning. But it gets easier with time and increasing will. I'm scared, Jay. This guy just basically proposed to me and now all I can think about is how he'll end up being a con and how I'll end up being alone again, nursing my hurt. I'm just tired of the cycle, you know. I was getting very used to the idea of being alone and then he came to remind me just how scared I am of ending up alone. I don't know if he's a fake, I'll just... I don't know. With every powerless emotion she felt leave her body through the tears, she was not convinced that the sobs she was hearing were hers. It usually took a lot more to get her to break down. And now, here she was, crying over a hypothetical situation like a teenage schoolgirl. Jay continued to stare at Anita as she let go of the battle of composure. And in those moments, he felt a surge of thoughts of all that he had given up to follow his ministry rise to the surface. He drew her closer to him as she whimpered, circling his arms around her body and stroking her back. She hid her face in his shoulder, allowing her senses to soak in his alluring masculine scent. She lifted her head to his face, staring into his eyes through her tear-clouded ones. He began to feel an urge that he thought he had successfully rid himself of forever. And as the realization hit him of the pending danger, he released her from his embrace and stood up from the couch. As if she was programmed to follow his every move, she got up to her feet and before he had a chance to open his mouth, she pressed her lips against his and her body against his. That was when he began to fight his own battle inside. His lips stayed pursed together as his body refused to obey the distant voice in his head, pleading with him to pull away and run far from the temptation he was slowly yielding completely to. And just as he was about to will his body to walk away, he felt all the power, will and judgment rush down from his head to between his legs. With the last bout of will he had left, he forced his lips open and took hers in them, allowing himself to fall with her on the couch and obeying whatever instruction her body had for him to follow. Oh my God, laddie! She shook her head in a disapproving manner. Please stand up, what is this now? He put his finger in front of her mouth. Like I said, I know what I feel. And I don't see the point in waiting months or years even before letting you know 
I'm not asking you to marry me today. If I know you, this is far from what a proposal for you should be. I'm just letting you know that if you will have me, then I am done. I am done searching for that woman that I want to build a home with. You are a fascinating woman, Anita Momo. You have no idea what you do to me. And yes, it might seem too fast, but when you know, you know. Listen, I'm ready to deal with whatever side of you there is left for me to see. And you know, you know by now that I am as old-fashioned as they come. So when I promise to stay with you to the end, I will be there to the end. And I will fight, I would fight to walk through whatever might happen. I am a man of my words. You know that, Anita. I've been looking for you and now I've found you. And with your permission, I want to keep you. Mo, you're scaring me now, Anita. Whose is it? Whose baby is it? Jay. Anita blotted out and stopped herself almost immediately. Moini jerked off the car she was leaning on and tiptoed towards Anita until she was breathing into her neck. She desperately needed Anita to look down at her, laugh in her face and tell her it was a joke. But the woman was not one to fool around. She could hear her racing heart and her body began to vibrate. Jay? Wait, what do you mean Jay? My Jay? Mo! Slut! Lying, desperate slut! I can't believe you! Now, we have come back full circle. Back to the end, that was the beginning. Anita's face stung from the humiliation of being face-raped in front of what now seemed like hundreds exclaiming, yet watching intently at the free piece of theatre before them. She felt her entire body flush with heat that made her eyes water and caused her palms to itch for rapid retaliation. She looked at her friend's eyes. And all she saw were streaks of lazy crimson, clearly beating behind a glaze of film. Moini turned to leave the scene again when she heard Anita's voice, struggling to remain as silent and as calm as an anxious whisper. Mo, calm down and listen. Anita said, reaching out to touch her friend and hoping that some chill will flow from her fingertips. Moini stared at Anita's fingers on the back of her hand and then back up at her sharply. What have I done all our lives? I have listened to you whine about your family. I've listened to you whine about school. I've listened to you whine about work. I have listened to you whine about men. Oh, I don't like that one. He farts. That one smells cheap. Never Aki. He, he, he's alive. All I have done is listen to you complain and whine like this spoiled, ungrateful bitch that you are. And what do I get in return? What do I get? She was screaming now, and the blood pumping violence in her eyes prevented her from hearing the words that had pulled them a larger audience than that inside the hall. She shook her head violently and tried to walk away, her petite body visibly vibrating even the air around her. She had barely taken a step when she turned sharply, pointing her right index finger in Anita's face. I knew it! I knew it! I just knew it! I just knew you were beating time. My God, I cannot believe I called you friend and sister. 
So you waited till my marriage was falling apart and swooped in like a dirty, desperate, lonely vulture. Now you have the guts to tell me to listen. Listen to what? Listen to how my supposed best friend is pregnant for my husband after she helped me not get pregnant for him. Ah, Anita! You are the devil's right-hand woman. The devil's manager. The tears rolling down Anita's cheeks were hot and unshy. They flowed freely, not minding the whispers of the crowd that had since shifted closer for a better view. The shock of Moini's words, louder in her head, held her tongue steady behind her teeth. Moini finally turned in her glorious anger. She marched straight through the wide open entrance of the hall, sandals in hand, and eyes darting across the room like a mad bulldog that just had its first taste of human blood. She was at the center of the hall when the MC announced the long-awaited arrival of the couple. She glanced towards the entrance in time to see the white-stretched limousine shield what she recognized as Jaiola's car. She all but ran towards the entrance and stopped as soon as she sighted Jaiola step out of his car and to the limousine to give the ecstatic groom a congratulatory hug. He glanced behind him and the genuine smile on his face faded gradually when he sighted Moini standing arms akimbo, soaked in madness. She wanted to charge at him and just claw at his skin. And then she wanted to find the guilt in his eyes and punish him with silence. As he opened his mouth to question her, she spoke, but the words which she threw like David's stones were incomprehensible. She spoke in a language that only those who had falling apart would understand. Suddenly, in response to the tortuous vein that was now visible on her forehead, she turned away from Jayola, passed Anita who was hurrying towards them, leaving the bride, groom, and the new crowd of escorts of the couple staring in awe. Anita, what's going on with your friend? Jayola asked as Anita took her place beside him. She began to speak, but Moini's voice over the public address system rang loudly throughout the hall and into the ears of those just outside the hall. Good afternoon, everybody. Moini said with the calm of a possessed soul after successfully reclaiming the microphone from the MC. Some of you may have witnessed the scene that my friend and I caused. I apologize. I had no intention of tainting this beautiful ceremony. I also want to wish Beverly and Enejo a very fruitful and happy marriage. Beverly, dear, be very careful of the friends you allow close to your husband. You see my best friend over there by the door, the one wearing the blue dress, still blue as she calls it, still blue. She's, she's, she's really particular about everything. She always knows what she's doing. And that's how I know she had this plan for a long time. She just told me, my best friend just told me that she's pregnant with my husband's child. As her words reverberated a tad louder than expected, the heads under her voice turned as one to have a good look at the culprits standing at the hall's entrance. Oh, by the way, my husband Jay is the tall, fine man standing beside the groom. So Beverly, and indeed every woman here, hmm, don't be doing my friend, my friend, though, and trust what is precious to you with people. Don't do it. That is my advice to the new couple. Thank you. Jayola moved the empty plastic chair closest to him and sat down quickly like his legs could not hold him anymore. With his elbows on his knees and his hands supporting his face, he laughed and shook his head. The groom looked at Jayola 
his eyes asking questions, while his stunned bride tugged at his suit asking for confirmation. Anita felt her remorse and shame slowly being replaced with anger as she watched Mohini approach the exit. She mopped at the tears dancing in her eyes and walked head high swiftly to block her path. Mohini ignored her and found her way past her. Anita rolled her eyes, stretched her hands and held on firmly to Mohini's right arm, pulling her towards her, not caring that her nails were boring into her skin. You think say now only you get crazy, Abby? You will now stand here and allow me to finish what I started, okay? Then you can go running around like a headless chicken and bring every Lagosian into every dirty detail of your life, since that is what interests you these days. She placed her other hand on her stomach and took a deep breath in an attempt to fight back the nausea. Yes, Mo, I messed up, she said with her eyes dancing about Moini's face. But I wasn't talking about Jayola. Shame covering her once again. It's Jay. Your brother! She said this softly, and she watched it sink in as Moini looked back at the smirk on Jayola's face, and then at Anita. You know that feeling you get when you've been railing violently in righteous indignation against someone for doing something, only to find out that someone else actually did it. <laughs> that feeling that's like someone just threw a bucket of ice-cold water on your face. <laughs> that one. Moini's mouth opened. And then it closed repeatedly like a fish in search of water. And then she shook her head repeatedly as an unexpected chill engulfed her from her crown, down her spine, to her soul. She fell into the empty chair beside Jayola and looked at him again. She moved again to gaze at Anita, waiting again for her to tell her she did not just hear what she thought she heard. Oh my God! Jay, my brother! How? You and Jay? When? How? And why? Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Later that night at the Badebo home. Where were you? He was already lying in bed, his back to her. She rolled her eyes, placed her bag on the vanity table and sat at the edge of the bed to remove her shoes. Didn't you see my calls and messages? Jayola spoke again, this time sitting up. She turned her head to him. See, stop questioning me, I beg. I'm really not in the mood. Jayola smiled and motioned to her with his right index finger. Come, come, let me give you a hug. You need it. You have a lot of anger for a woman your size, don't you? Eh, eh, Jayola, leave me alone. Leave me. What do you want from me? Am I not miserable enough? Do you not see what I'm turning into? Stop acting like everything is normal. Stop it. I'm begging you. Give me a divorce and let me go my way. How much longer do you want to keep punishing me? She was now pacing the breath of the room, her eyes twitching and her previously blank mind opening doors to troubling thoughts she had worked hours to suppress. She had almost recovered from the shock of the news she received earlier in the day and the last thing she needed was Jayola's recent fondness for sarcasm. With every step she took, her skin itched on the insides and her relentlessness grew. She felt a constant feeling of scatteredness. It was as though her person had left her body, hence losing the ability to control what it did, thought or said. The only thing she felt in control of was swallowing and for a reason she did not care to understand. She held on to this power as she heard her feet gliding continuously across the marble floors, preventing herself from swallowing her spittle for fear that she might choke. She glanced at Jayola, who was now watching intently, 
with a smile sitting comfortably on his face, the entertainment looming. In a short amount of time to his surprise, he had grown accustomed to her new lunatic outburst, and although he was certain they would end, he was beginning to doubt the short lifespan he had apportioned them. She reached for her phone in her bag, dialed a contact, and activated its speakerphone. With every ring, she felt her heart pump back black blood, firing her anger and pushing remorse far into the background where her shame and sense of reason were starting to feel comfortable in. Mo! So when and how did this happen, No, Mo, please, I'd rather not. It's not something I'm proud of. <laughs> not something you're proud of, Abby. Of course. <laughs> anyway, I just need to find out, did you talk to my brother about it? Or have you spoken to him since he went back to his base? No, no, I haven't. Wait, Seth, when exactly did you bang him? Oh, 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 this is the reason you sent away Laddie Prince Charming, isn't it? Mo, please, don't. Don't do that. Oh, oh, are you getting angry now? Miss, I have the self-control of a thousand men. Anyway, don't tell him. That devil that pushed you to taint a man on a journey to God's service will not succeed in ruining his life, oh. Nobody will tell Jay anything. I don't plan to. Good. So when are you getting an abortion? Is that a joke? Moini looked at Dayola's confused expression as if expecting him to share in her disbelief. Do I sound like I'm ready to joke around with you? <laughs> you can't possibly be thinking about keeping the baby. You know that can't happen. You want to have the baby, but you won't say anything to Jay. Nah, I'm not letting you risk it. Moini, listen. I messed up. I owned up to it. Should you be mad? Oh, yes. Yes, by all means, you should. I'm not even asking you to apologize for the humiliation you put me through today. That's all fine. Be mad. But my dear, nothing, absolutely nothing gives you the right to ask me to abort this child I'm carrying, okay? Moini stared at the phone screen, silence keeping her mouth open and dry. She looked at Dayola again, whose head was now buried in his palms. So you won't get an abortion? No, Mo. You know what my convictions are on that issue. No, I'm keeping the child. You want to keep the child? Moini nodded slowly as she articulated each word as if trying to understand how they each made sense in the sentence. Why would you even suggest it? Fine. Bye. And when I say bye, I mean bye. Done with you. I am done with you. And with that, Moini ended the call and began to walk towards the bathroom as if nothing had occurred, ignoring Jayola as he began to speak. How dare you? Why did you ask her to do that? He rose to his feet, hurrying towards her in time to pull her away from stepping into the bathroom. He turned her body to him and shook her from her shoulders. So you don't even care how you might feel tomorrow? She made one mistake and because you won't yield to your, your irrational solution, you're done? Did I write you off like that? She freed herself of his grip and stepped backwards. Please, 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 please. Did I ask you not to write me off? I've been begging and... His heart sank at the reality looking up at him. He shook his head and said in a whisper, This is never ending, is it? This... This knew you. He looked at her again and his head whirled with hot emotions. Go and shower. I'll file for a divorce on Monday. She had barely turned into the bathroom when his voice stopped her again. Funny. There was a time when that word, divorce, made you cringe and forever was what appealed to you. Remember when I made that joke about leaving you and you made me promise never to give up on us? Well, look who's forcing my hand now. He smiled weakly at her and she stared at him, 
a certain chill running through her body, holding her numb and frozen to the ground, sewing her lips and her mind tightly shut. Thanks for listening to Ashoy B, the podcast. Brought to you by The Naked Convos. Produced by 808 Extra. Narrated by Feifei. Theme song, Charles Onwubia, a.k.a. Beethoven. Voice actors, Jojo Aimeegbe as Dr. Anita. Eniola Keshiro as Moini. Jasper Tomomewo as Jayola. Shea Banks as Bami. Charles Onwubia as Ladi. This podcast is available everywhere you listen to podcasts on. Don't forget to subscribe and share.